Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm the other host, Jeff Cameron. How's How it going, Jeff? For this episode, we are actually doing, you know, we do it over Zoom, and our uh, Zoom is not uh, really cooperating with us. So this one's going to be a bit of a different episode for the uh, culmination of our list so far. So what we have here is the Woolhead of Mystery Top 10 Randomatic Countdown. At the end of every episode, Jeff and I, we each pull out three songs, not three each, three total, and uh, place them in an ongoing countdown of Monkey's Madness. And so what we have right here is the top 10. If you want to hear the top 20, go back to last episode. You can hear 20 to 11. But here we're starting at number 10. Jeff, take it from here. Thank you, Paco. That's right. And at number 10, we have a tune off of the final album from the classic Monkeys era. But they were down to just two monkeys, Mickey and Davey. Uh, the tune is I Love You Better. I pulled it back on episode seven of our podcast. And uh, Paco, you'll remember, this is right near the end of our first weekend of recording the shows. And I remember specifically listening to this and thinking of how this makes this whole thing worth it alone. Like just <laughs> rediscovering or finding this song and having just really getting into it because it's a later song and typically we're not <laughs> huge into the later songs because they make us sad because it's almost the end of the monkeys. <laughs> but this tune, just listening to it, just listening to it, was felt so good, sounds so good. Um, it's got what we refer to as that changes bass. Performed by Chuck Rainey, who uh, is a session monster who goes on, who's played with uh, Aretha Franklin, Steely Dan, and it's just such a good, fun tune. Uh, sung by Mickey Davy on the backgrounds, and we love this song. Yeah, for me, the thing that really stuck out was, yeah, the changes bass, how great the song was, came out of left field, because it is on one of the, the records we don't really go back to a whole lot, just because it is just Mickey and Davey. But uh, yeah, I love you better. So good. I, I, I've obviously listened to it to, to get ready for this, but I do listen to it quite a bit. And uh, yeah, pulling it out of the hat was a great, great thing. It's got a couple more things to add. It was written by Jeff Barry and Andy Kim. And I read somewhere they were simply trying to make an Andy Kim album, but they couldn't get the funding. And eventually somebody was like, well, how about we get whatever monkeys we can, have them sing these songs. Will you will you pay for our album then? And uh, somebody said yes. And that's how we got this. So yeah, it was on Changes, and it was also the B-side to uh, uh, Oh My My. It came out in 1970. It's the, uh, let's say, most recent track in our top ten. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and well-deserved. Well-deserved to get in there. <laughs> Up next, at number nine, Paco, would you like to go off about our number nine? Tweet? Okay, yes. So, number nine, cracking the single digits, we've got Tapioca Tundra from The Birds, The Bees, and The Monkeys. It cannot be a part of me 
written by Mike, sung by Mike. Just such a cool, cool song. Opening with that plucky guitar, the whistling, the mic in the background, that layered, echoed vocal thing going on where he's counting down. And then it, it, it comes in and gets all peppy and cool. And it's just a really, really great song, I think. Another great Nesma song where the title is not anywhere near the lyrics. He keeps it in a separate warehouse from, from the lyrics. And uh, it just makes it cooler. I, I, I wonder, what would you call this song if, if, you, uh, if it wasn't going to be called Capio, Tapioca Tundra? Part of you. That's what I, I was thinking that too. Like Mike's not something because usually you pick a title and it's a little... Little vanilla and boring because lyrics tend to be very simple and derivative and repetitive. It's like almost any of his songs that have the, the weird title thing. It's like, it's, it might be sometimes because it's, it would be something like, uh, You Love Me or whatever. <laughs> Cannot be a part of me, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's not just a countdown at the start, Paco. It's a, a count up. Yeah, it's a count up countdown. So it's yeah. like you count up and then you're like, This is a little bit too much. Let's go back down. And then you meet the song down at the bottom. <laughs> and and on the Monkees live album, the, the most latest one, the Mike and Mickey show, there's a really cool version of Tapioca Tundra on it. Like almost like a like a swingy loungy kind of version. And it's it's really dynamite. Reason verse some pros are rhyme. Lose themselves in other times and waiting hopes cast silence. That speak in clouded clues It cannot be a part of me For now it's part of you I remember seeing online at the last, the last tour before this I think it was the one with Peter And Mike was, it was going to be Mike's last show Or he was like Skyping in or something And they played this so This was going to be like his last Monkey's appearance Interesting. was playing the song. In that weird, that kind of like an acoustic sing-along-y version of it. It's very strange. But it's it's become quite the mic song, quite the deep cut, and kind of a fan favorite. It's, it, um, I think it's a good litmus test of, if you're talking to somebody who says they're into the monkeys, how just how into the monkeys they are, if they've heard of yeah. this song. Unless you drop she, and they're like, I don't know that one. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh ee, filthy casual we can't see each other anymore <laughs> it's over it's over rock it's over rock nothing's over just give me some drink it's over rock nothing's over just give me something to drink <laughs> number eight on the wool hat of mystery randomatic countdown is um, Mike Nesmith's song sung by Mickey Dolenz entitled The Girl I Knew Somewhere You're B-side to A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, and charted all the way up to number 39. Uh, we ourselves pulled it uh, episode 10 of our show, the, the famous version of it, sung by Mickey Dolenz, but there is also a version sung by Michael Nesmith. You're standing in the places and you're staring down through faces that bring to mind traces of a girl, a girl that I knew somewhere. 
they recorded uh, like almost exactly 54 years ago, Huge. which is wild, back in uh, January 67, in the middle of the first season. But this is also the very first tune where they play all the instruments, sing every note. They just wrestled control of the band away from Don Kirshner. And this is them jamming it out. I've read somewhere Davey plays drums on this, but I'm not entirely sure. It's also credited to Mickey. That'd be cool if Davey did play drums on it. It's the the monkeys playing it. For real. But as far as I know, it's the four monkeys in some fashion, plus uh, producer Chip Douglas on the bass, because Pete's on the keys. It's, yeah, it's a great song. It's a great song for the show as well. It pops up a, a few times. And yeah, it's just a really cool song. I bet you, uh, probably from looking at this list, to see that song in the top 10 to somebody else, I'd be like, oh, that's an interesting pick. But I think once you get into the song, you go back to it. You're like, oh, yeah, no, it's got that really radical, uh, uh, the, the chorus is so like almost like rolling when it gets into it. And it's, yeah, a really great Great tune, great bass too. Yeah. Chip Douglas really does great with the bass. The one thing I really dig about it is the background vocals are really great at the end. The the, the it's like you can hear each individual monkey sometimes, and you can hear Mike for sure in those background vocals. And I really think it's pretty good. So goodbye, dear. I just can't take I always think the line, uh, my fingers are still burning from the last time, is one of the lines where people are like, what did he say? What does that mean? And you've got to go back and listen to the lyrics ahead of it it, so it can make sense. Yeah, because he just can't put his finger on what it is that uh, makes me say, watch out, don't believe her. Yeah. Or that mic, putting the callbacks in his own tunes. (laughs) It is. Very cool. It's a a very mature songwriter thing to do for somebody who is still relatively new to songwriting. So that was number eight. (laughs) <laughs> the Girl I Knew Somewhere. Sung by Mickey, written by Mike. Up next, Paco. Take it away. All right, number seven. I, this is our, our newest entry into the top ten. It's uh, You and I. You and I have seen what time does have between people. But yeah, this is uh, my favorite song that Davey sings it's so ripping Neil Young's on guitar it that bass the bass is very basic but it it works so well and just drives the whole song I remember when I when I heard this song the first time I had a guitar I was kind of learning guitar but after hearing the song I like down tuned my strings and would try to play along and I started thinking like maybe I should be playing bass this song rules and it's weird that this is a song that would uh, spark my <laughs> bass love because it's not a very uh, intricate bass line. But that was one thing that hit me. Yes, as you mentioned, this is from uh, Instant Replay, which has a cool, fun, colorful cover. But ultimately, even though the boys were working separately, it's like they were subconsciously working on a concept album about disillusionment and loss and heartbreak. I mean, there's an empty seat at the table. Peter Tork is not there anymore. And um, this is just, um, you and I have seen what time does, haven't we? It's very much, seems to be a State of the Union kind of song about, almost about the monkeys. Yeah. And it's uh, sung by Davey, written by Davey and his buddy Bill Chadwick. 
Actually, during my research, I found a Guitar World article about this song. Really? Of all things. Because it gets into the, yeah, it gets into the Neil Young involvement and how he's on a few songs. It even mentions a couple, like, deep, deep, deep cuts that I think appear on that 89-track version of Instant Replay. That is crazy. But this Guitar World article is just from a few years ago, and it segues into talking about good times and the songs on there. So it's a really cool Monkeys article. Anybody types in Monkeys Neil Young Guitar World, you'll find this article. Hmm. It's very cool. And it's really cool that uh, Guitar World acknowledges had uh, had someone on staff that uh, knew a whole lot about the Monkeys. <laughs> and uh, Neil's not just the only uh, session monster on there. Um, I think Joe Osborne plays that bass you were talking about. He's a Wrecking Crew session god, and you can't have a conversation about Wrecking Crew session gods without talking about Hal Blaine, who plays those roto-toms you hear, especially at the end of this tune. <laughs> Going around your headphones, and it just is the best. That is like an all-star of session players. Even though it might not even be session players, but like an all-star in studio band. That's crazy. I didn't I didn't realize how how Blaine was a drummer. Oh yeah, man. We're all the way up to number six. Uh, here we are with You Just May Be the One. All men must have someone, have someone who never take advantage of the love bright as the sun. Someone to understand them. You just may be the one. Another Mike Nesmith jam, written by Mike, sung by Mike, big part of the first season of the show, yet it doesn't appear on the first two albums, which was an extreme bummer when I discovered the albums in my mom's vinyl cabinet. So, uh, but eventually we did find it, and eventually the boys redid it themselves on headquarters, playing all the instruments, but we, uh, we prefer the uh, show version. I don't know. It just sounds a little bigger. The bass is a little as that cavernous bass sound. But I love this song. It's basically a 12 bars blues song. And, but I was able to learn it back when I was just, uh, I just started, started playing the guitar. And we got into the monkeys and I could recognize that Mike was playing the D chord. And I kind of figured out what other chords he was playing. And I was able to uh, pick up a tune off the TV for the first time. And... Uh, yeah, Mike Nesmith to thank for it. I also really um, think of this song as a, a an early, like an early deep cut fave that wasn't as easily accessible, which might sound weird from all the other show songs because it's like for real everything they were trying to push push the records through the show, but then they had this record yeah. on the show that wasn't a real record you could hear, and uh, yeah, no, it's a really great one, and the way it it kind of builds and builds and builds and. Uh, and of course, that bass line's always a great time. <laughs> it's similar to Valerie in that way that we discussed when we just talked about Valerie last episode. It's got the two versions, and there's the show version that we prefer, and we almost had to go dig up the VHS just to hear that version of the song until we found it on the Missing Link CDs. Yeah, the Missing Links was a, a it literally was a missing link of the, to, to bridge what you heard and what you wanted to hear, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there it all was. So... Very well named. <laughs> For real. And yeah, it's got the, the primate connection with the monkeys and whatnot. Boom. It all just came together. It was so whoever thought of that was like, I got it. I got it. 
But, oh, and wasn't Mickey's band before the Monkees the Missing Links or something? Isn't that part of it? Oh, maybe. So it's a rich tapestry of uh, of uh, evolutionary references when it comes to the Monkees. At least they didn't go with uh, the Circus Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit a different part of his past. <laughs> Circus City, here we go. <laughs> All right, here we are. We're rolling into the top five. Hold up. At the halfway point, I got a kiss-related soliloquy similar to yours, if you don't mind. Do it. Paco, you and I are fans of uh, Chuck Klosterman, right? Yes. The writer, raconteur, author of fiction and nonfiction. I think he's really cool. And back when uh, Kiss was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame... He did a very, very large article about Kiss and why they are Rock and Roll Hall of Fame worthy. He reviews all the albums, and it's just very entertaining, hilarious. There's part of his uh, dissertation about why Kiss is Hall worthy that also applies to the Monkees. And I'm just going to block quote it here. And if it says Kiss, I might just say Monkees. Or I might just say Kiss just to keep it like normal. But... And if he writes us a cease and desist, that's fine. We'll cut it out <laughs> later. But we're huge fans. We buy his books. He's great. And uh, here's something that super duper applies to what we talk about when we talk about the monkeys. One thing I've learned in my life is that creatively, it's better to have one person love you than to have 10 people like you. It's very easy to like someone's work, and it doesn't mean that much. You can like something for a year and just as easily forget that it even existed. But people remember the things they love. They psychologically invest in those things, and they use them to define their lives. And even if the love fades, its memory imprints on the mind. It creates an immersive kind of relationship that bleeds into the outside world, regardless of the motivating detail. In pop music, the most self-evident example is the Grateful Dead, although Rush and the Smiths fall into the same class. Another example is Fugazi. Two others are Bikini Kill and the Insane Clown Posse. These are artists who diametrically impact how substantial factions of people choose to think about the universe. The social footprint they leave is far deeper than their catalog. This is why Kiss, and the monkeys, must be accepted as meaningful. He then goes into a lengthy counterexample about Boston, and how Boston has an amazing record packed with amazing songs. A lot of people like Boston, but Boston's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and nobody really cares. And uh, usually people only think about Boston when Boston comes on the radio. But people who think about, people who like Kiss, people who love the monkeys, they think about them all the time. We buy new monkeys records we know we won't like, and the purchase still feels essential. It almost wouldn't matter if the CDs were blank, because the monkeys have transcended music and become something else entirely. And if you're not going to lionize the transposition of creation and emotion, if you're not going to lionize the ability of a musical band to matter more as a concept than as a mere producer of sound, I'm not sure what we're pretending to do here. Wow. And yeah, I, no, that is very uh, relevant <laughs> to monkeydom and monkey fandom. I'm not sure Mickey and Mike care at this point whether they make the Hall of Fame or not. Maybe they'd appreciate the recognition. I think Mickey would show up. Mike might not. Mm-hmm. Similar to Kiss. I'm not sure Kiss Kiss likes it probably in terms of turning into money probably, but it's a different thing. But the Monkees Hall of Fame argument comes up a lot. And personally, I don't think it matters that much. What do you think, Paco? Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter to me so much because where the Monkees fit in with rock and roll history and all that stuff is more than just the music. Again, going to Kiss. 
But with Kiss, it's like they started as a rock and roll band and got everything through rock and roll. I can see why they definitely would be into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whereas the Monkees probably won't because it's like, well, they started as this and da 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 But it's also like, are other artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who didn't write their own music and lyrics? And if so, then you have to look at the Monkees just because they For also real. were a TV show and movies and on lunchboxes and were Halloween costumes and everything. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is such a weird beast because what 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 is the criteria to get in? Is it popularity? Because it's popularity, then the monkey should be in. If it's writing your own music, they did write their own music. Was that their hits? Maybe not so much. So it's a it's it's a conundrum to get into. I think <laughs> when you're talking about monkeys and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm, indeed, there's a one of your cat friends piping in with an opinion about the Hall of Fame. I heard there. And she wants to go in the bedroom. Hold on, I'm just going to let her in because it's making me insane. <laughs> All right, number five today on the Will Had a Mystery Randomatic Countdown. We got Listen to the Band. Play the drum a little louder. Tell me I can live without her if I only listen to the band. Listen to the band. Michael Mesmer. We pulled this back at episode seven of Podcast Valley Sunday. We dig this tone. It's on Monkey's Present, or Present, came out as a single with Someday Man on the back. It also appears 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, which was on TV, and then two weeks later, the single came out. So, I don't know. I think they were having trouble matching up the, the releases of things by this time. But anyway, this is a cool tune. This is Mike running a, a session in Nashville. Some top flight musicians. This is one of our favorite songs. It, we just, it's endless source of joy. It's kind of mellow and countryish, which is not necessarily our thing. But I don't know, it just connected with us, the way Mike sings it, the simplicity of it, the ease with which we were able to learn it on guitar. We dig this tune. I dig this tune. A great thing uh, in Mike's book, Infinite Tuesday, he talks about recording this song. It was the first time he had kind of led a session where the session players were totally behind him 100% and were just like, yeah, man, let's just do this. And it really gave him an idea of life post-monkeys, I think. And it really uh, gave him the confidence to get out there and put himself out there. So I think not only do we like this song, but I think it, for Mike Nesmith, it's a very important song. Uh, maybe for the monkeys, it's important in the wrong way because it showed him how oh, I can do this my own way and I don't have to answer anybody <laughs> it's a great song and after knowing all that it made it even more special to me at least and and if you can ever get the audiobook Nez reads the audiobook for Infinite Tuesday and, it, and it's fantastic it's like just hanging out with him uh, one last note about listening to the band when the first promo copies of the single were going around to the DJs uh, Someday Man was originally the A-side but the DJs preferred listen to the band so when it was time for the public single they flipped it, and it's Mike's first A-side, if you can believe it. Wow, that's crazy. After everything he did, never got an A-side until right? this. That's nuts. Let's listen to the band, number five, here at Podcast Valley Sunday. Okay, so that, that leads us to uh, what was our original number one song on the Wool Hat of Mystery Randomatic Countdown. And it was there for, for eight weeks. It, it held the number one spot. There's a live version, there's a studio version. It's everybody's favorite, Circle Sky. Circle Sky! 
off the Head soundtrack, and also off of, uh, oh, it was Missing Links Volume 2, was where the live Circle Sky finally was released on a disc, other than the box set. It actually has three versions, because they do it on Justice as well. Yes, that's right. I forgot about them doing it on Justice. Wowee, that's crazy. I can see why they would put it on Justice, because it kind of fit the times, like the bar chords, the the, the loud bangy kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense. But it was a... Uh, totally. I, for me, I can remember, I brought this song to my guitar teacher when I was in high school, and I asked him to teach it to me, and he was like, this is the Monkees? And I'm like, yeah, man. And he, and he showed it to me. So I think this is one of the first monkey songs I knew like the whole thing of because it was shown right to me. But it's a great song. It's a banger. And I can remember, we'll go back to the infamous three tapes found at the used tape store. <laughs> and Head was one of them. And that was the first time I had ever heard the studio version of uh, Circle Sky. And it was like, oh my gosh, listen to this. This is crazy. When to most people, probably the live version was the one they were always searching for. It was their Valerie that came out on the Missing Links Volume 2. Missing Links Volume 2, man, (laughs) holds up big time. What a great Missing Links that is. For real. For real. The recent thing about Circle Sky is those uh, tapes going around the YouTube with uh, the head performances like that they played for the people who were there. Like the vid, uh, the concert footage made it for Circle Sky made it into the uh, into the movie, but then Peter leads the chant when they do the "Give me a W." That's they recorded. I don't know if they planned that, but they totally recorded that in the moment at that that performance. They also do "Sunny Girlfriend." They do a few other, mostly Mike songs, right? Because maybe Mike's the only one set up with vocals, and or maybe they're specifically set up to get a good vocal of Circle Sky, which I think they had to redo anyway. But that, that neat little set list of like four tunes, and it's all Mike songs. I think you just sent that to me like a week or two ago. It's very cool. And it's just <laughs> very cool how stuff like that keeps popping up when you're a Monkees fan, and you get to discover something else cool. Yeah, there's always something. It's crazy how much, uh, I think because they were a TV show and they were just like a, an entity, so much of their stuff was either filmed or recorded and so they have so much stuff which is great for us hence the 87 tracked instant replay edition good tune we love it three versions of it pick your favorite collect them all all right we're all the way up into the top three folks come a long way and here we are at number three it's a very important song it's <laughs> we're mostly named after it it's pleasant valley sunday folks Another pleasant valley Sunday. Sunday. Charcoal burning everywhere. Rows of houses that are all the same, and no one seems to care. It's a hit single. Uh, and it was also on Pisces Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones, the Monkey's fourth album. And we. <laughs> Clearly dig this tune. Uh, love the guitar riff. We love the the performance all around. Uh, the lyrics, the social commentary, which rings true today. Um, it's just such a good tune. And uh, the single, 
with the B-side words. What a solid piece of vinyl that is. And uh, we just dig this tune all the way back. Big part of our Monkees fandom. And it's possibly the song I've listened to the most in my life. I don't know. Which, how would you feel about a statement like that, Paco? Yeah, maybe, man. I, I don't think it would be the one I've heard the most. It'd probably be in my top five for sure. But for me, I always say that this song sounds like what it's it's singing about. Like when you hear the song, it sounds like a Pleasant Valley Sunday. The way Mickey sings it, the background vocals, <laughs> the music, it's like a perfect if you just listen to it and let your just yourself just get into it, it's like you can feel the breeze on your face and it takes you out of this gross January <laughs> and puts you in like the Hollywood Hills in nineteen sixty six and it's just like, oh man, there's no global warming yet. You're using suntan oil to get a tan rather than to repel the sun and it's just like oh wow this is this is groovy man (laughs) that's what i that's the way pleasant valley sunday rings off my eardrums it's good man yeah we pulled it back in episode 11 uh mickey and mike on the lead vocals that famous mickey mike blend with a bit of a davy maybe some peter in the background uh written by goffin and king frequent contributors to the uh the monkey sound and i think their hit rate is a maybe even a little better than boyce and hurt like tommy and bobby cranked out the tunes but anytime goffin and king's name was on a record it was like a special special record and i'd say with goffin and king even their songs were, were a little deeper than the boyce and hart songs you know what i mean they had an extra layer to them that made them mm-hmm. more visceral than the bobby and Tommy yeah. Hart, uh, Boys and Hart, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they had their, their, they're like making a statement or also kind of like there's like secrets in them, stuff you got to figure out. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, they make it more fun. Whereas yeah, Boys and Hart are really good at ear candy and just hook you in there. And it's like, oh, wow, that's that's in my head. Mm-hmm. Whereas Goff and King have the ear candy, but then then hold on to you a little bit. There's, there's a, a candy shell and then inside, there's a, a, another little soft treat if you want to delve in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a filet mignon inside that candy. Delish. Delicious. Right on. So that's number right. three. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Uh, brings us up to number two, Paco. So, it's a very special tune. Take it away, Paco. Yeah, number two here is also from the Head soundtrack. It was also number one um, from episode eight. It unseated Circle Sky, and it was there till episode 20 when our current number one took it over. But this one is a long title, Do I Have to Do This All Over Again? I got, this is obviously our highest charting Peter song. And I, I think we thought um, another one, for Pete's sake, we're like, oh, that might be the highest Peter song. But this one is uh, way up here at number two, hanging out. Hmm. It's got that killer bass line. So awesome. And it's killer throughout the entire song. And uh, 
You got Neil Young again on guitar. Would you like to give us a taste of that there, Bob? Oh, uh, here, here we go. This is a... <laughs> Fantastic. And oh, by the way, let me just jump in here. During my research, I found out that uh, it's not Neil Young. It's his uh, best friend of me, Stephen Stills, playing the really? guitar. On That's interesting. One. I think I always just, I always thought it was Neil Young. It's got Neil vibes, but no, it's his... Uh, Buffalo Springfield partner in crime. It, it, there's that moment at the end of the guitar solo where it almost sounds like a flute. And I'm not even sure that it's not a flute. I think I brought this yes. up when we first pulled this. But it's uh, it, it's one of my favorite songs. And when it's played in the film Head and they're all dancing and it's psychedelic and crazy... And it's the perfect song for that moment. The visuals are amazing. Mickey's doing that weird, like, air hump dance. It's like, I think Beavis does it later in Beavis and Butthead. But (laughs) Peter's on the dance floor dancing all crazy. And it's like, Merry Pranksters all over that. The vibe of Merry Pranksters. But it's so fantastic. It's one of the the times in that movie where the visuals and the, the audio are perfect and just locked in. Amazing. Always one of my favorites. I'll just say, like, uh, as far as us and our podcast goes, <laughs> I'm not sure there's many other monkey podcasts or fans who put this song this high. But, hey, <laughs> screw them. We love it. It's our guy. It's our show. We're putting it up at number two. Darn tootin'. It's so good. What about Mike would have uh, titled this song if it was his? Boom! <laughs> the Sandy Grass of Missouri. yes perfect so there you have it number two long title do i have to do this all over again oh man here we go by peter tork so now up here we're at the the summit finally made it way 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 up here at number one pulled on episode 20 sung by mickey written by coffin and king from the Head Soundtrack 1968, we have The Porpoise Song, the theme from Head, opening and closing. It's a masterpiece. We love this song. Can't say enough about it. And also, what can you say about it? That the music doesn't just speak for itself. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous tune. It really is. I have friends of mine who are kind of into the monkeys, not really the monkeys. They're more into like the, like the, probably more like our top 10 here. Like the, the deeper cuts, the weirder things. And the, they all have Porpoise uh-huh. Song as their favorite song. And it's so great. It's been used in different movies different tv shows it's it was the last song that, that rodney on the rock played on his on his uh radio show which is crazy <laughs> oh hold on who's who's that at the door wait a second somebody's at the podcast valley door did somebody say rodney on the rock hey rodney what's happening man hey guys i didn't know i just heard rodney on the rock and i was i was using the same shampoo as brian jones <laughs> 
and I heard it, and I hopped out of the shower and came right over here. Oh, oh, let me let's get you a towel there, Rodney. My goodness, um, Rodney, do you agree with our choice that uh, Porpoise Song is the uh, current number one song of uh, of monkeys? What if not? What's your favorite? No, I agree that you have to have. This is the top song. It was my last song I ever played. And did you know that that's the back of my head in that episode? <laughs> All right, Get thanks, Rodney. Do it, once you start, once you start talking about that episode, he doesn't stop. But it was the back. I use the same shampoo they found me on the Sunset Strip, man. Okay, thanks, Rodney. Have a good one, bud. Bye, guys. Thank you. The porpoise is laughing. <laughs> Oh, Rodney. <laughs> Tremendous. Always fun when that guy swings by. Yeah. He, he went, once he swings by, we lose all, we lose what we're doing. Porpoise Song for Head. Mickey singing in it is so great. The way it's sung, the, 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 the lyrics that are just weird and trippy 60s, the way it builds up to that crescendo, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, I, I feel if you play this for somebody, like, oh, you're not in the monkeys, you play this, and they're still like, whatever, that's the monkeys. It's like, dude, then you're, you just have a chip on your shoulder against the monkeys. Because this sounds nothing like what yeah. people would equate the monkeys to sound like, I don't think. And it's amazing. Anyone who's not into this is probably a Partridge Family fan. Yeah, exactly. We'll meet you in the parking lot, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, enshrine it, number one on the Wool Had a Mystery Random Out of Countdown. The Porpoise Song, the theme from Head. Yeah. Yes, guys. And, and and just again, sorry, to go back to this kind of thing, with the film, the parts it's used at with them, the slow motion, jumping off the bridge, that whole thing underwater, again, it's the, the music and the visuals are perfect with each other. And I feel if people watch that movie and they want a, like mm-hmm. an A to B storyline, obviously that's not going to happen. But if you go for, take it from its time, <laughs> And a visual audio experience, I think that that movie is 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 amazing. It's crazy. And I always expect the commercial breaks to pop in where they used to on the much music version that we did. I'd love the to TV. find that tape. But Mickey's got the football helmet on, and they're running through the caves yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, the commercials are here. That that's the the Wool Hat of Mystery top twenty. It's number one. What what do you guys think when you hear this list? Are you like, what are you talking about? Or uh. Are you, are you in agreement? Agreement? Is there anything you'd put in? Anything you'd take out? Like, let us know. We're always down to hear it. All right, kids. Well, then here we are at the end of this. We've got another little surprise thing coming for you before we get into season two. I know season two, it's it's hovering. We keep pushing it off, but there's some cool stuff coming up. We think you're gonna dig it. We hope we're gonna dig it, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> so from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying at home. And we hope that you're listening to the Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive. She's got my jacket.